This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, once again, a friendly reminder, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. Woke up early this morning, stepped outside, Naz, and uh, smells like autumn. It does. It does. It feels like autumn. like autumn. And uh, it had that... What do you call it? Football smell in the air. Uh, you remember those days doing uh, doing push-ups up on the Emory Hill at 7.30 in the morning with Coach Cramner putting us through our paces? Uh, that's what it felt like this morning. It's had that feeling in the air of fall, the dews on the ground, and uh, there's a chill and a crispness, and uh, I, we're in September. Yeah, and, ready for the NFL now. Too. Yeah, we're in September. The X is coming to a close. Everybody's going back to school, and it's the one thing I love about Canada. It's the rhythm of the seasons. And certainly the the season of autumn is about to uh, – we're about to embark in, into that season, and what that means is football, uh, NFL, well, NFL football and – College football and high school football, and uh, certainly it's got that feeling in the air. And uh, talking about NFL football, NFL football starts next week, and we're pleased to, uh, and I'll let you make this announcement, special guest on the show today, Naz. John Murphy, play-by-play guy of the Buffalo Bills, will be on the show around 9.15. Certainly, so we'll be able to catch up with uh, John Murphy and talk about uh, the upcoming Buffalo Bills season. I know we've got uh, a few listeners in western New York and uh, uh, that are obviously Bills fans, and uh, in southern Ontario, of course, there's a lot of Buffalo Bills fans. And as I know that you're... Uh, I am definitely uh, one of them. You're yeah. a huge Buffalo Bills fan. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan as well, probably not as big a fan as you, but uh, I know you're excited about the new season. I was a little bit surprised you weren't wearing your Buffalo Bills regalia this morning, but you told me you're saving that for uh, next oh, Sunday. For, next, for next, next Sunday they, uh, they, they, they play, so I'll have my Buffalo so Bills. So you'll be in full Buffalo Bills regalia, yeah. and I'm surprised that you're not wearing your Alabama gear this morning. Of course, college football. They had a, they had a tough game yesterday. Uh, hey, NCAA football is another passion of ours, Naz, and... Uh, that uh, that all started this week, and I know that you're a big fan of the of the of the tide. Um, yeah, I'll be Alabama. down there. I'll be down there uh, October around October 22nd and to watch Texas A&M in Alabama play. So, and certainly the uh, the the tide got off to an incredibly impressive performance. They beat um, they beat they obliterated um, Southern Cal, the Trojans, of course, who are. A top-notch college program, one of the great college programs in, in the states, 
And I don't know. It's just like we might as well give Alabama the national championship right now. I mean, uh, I don't even know Maybe why. That good. I don't even know why they bother with the season. I mean, they they just they're that program. Uh, I got to give them credit. Uh, the last ten fifteen years, they're just at a you know they're at just at a completely different level. It's like men against boys sometimes. And you know I'm uh, you know it's I I wear my Fighting Irish. Uh, um, uh, you know, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. Of course, Notre Dame gets off tonight. They play Texas tonight, and uh, they're ranked in the top ten. But uh, man, it's gonna take it's gonna take an NFL team to stop this Alabama team. What? How does how, you know well, they're you're, the you're, number you're, one recruiting team? Right? Well, how do and they you, do it, Naz? What? Well, you know, it? you go to the university, and you got to be impressed. Like I've been there, and it's an impressive place to play. Really is for the kids to go. So. And they have a winning program, and that's why they go there. That's what it's all about in college football, or college sports, really. Yeah, just uh, what Saban, especially since Saban uh, took over that program, they've just... No, he's just, God there. They, I mean, well, I mean, he is absolutely God in Alabama. Well, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's he, his predecessor was Bear Bryant, which was, uh, if there's something greater than God than Bear Bryant <laughs> was, yeah. but I don't think there is, but... Uh, certainly, Bear Bryant and and uh, and Saban in in Alabama, man, what uh, what they've been able to achieve. But I, I still think, uh, in an historical context, Notre Dame is still the yeah. top college program in the United States. So we'll have that debate. Too bad Franceschetti isn't here. I'd uh, I'd put him in his place this morning, but. Uh, he still uh, thinks he thinks still thinks Russell Martin can't play. <laughs> Notre Dame's starting tonight. Uh, always uh, hope springs eternal and. Uh, I pulled out my Rudy tape. Uh, I always, uh, I always watch Rudy before the college football season starts, and I always watch it before Notre Dame's in a in a bowl game. So, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully the spirit the spirit of the Gipper and the spirit of Rudy can uh, give the Fighting Irish a uh, fantastic season. We've got a couple of minutes before we go to break, and uh, I know we're going to be talking NFL football with John Murphy. Uh, but we do want to catch up with the Jays. Let's let's recap the Jays' uh, week, Naz, and we, you know, if we have a little bit more time at the end of the show. We'll talk a little bit more about the Jays. I'm getting a queasy, uneasy feeling uh, about the Jays. Um, I think they may be a five or six game losing streak away from uh, from uh, spitting out the bit, but. Uh, that's not what Eddie Andelman said last Sunday. So convince me, make me feel better, Naz. Make me tell me that the Jays are going to pull this thing off. Oh, the Jays will pull it off. They're they're on a road trip right now, and they get back home next week. And they play the big series are going to be next weekend against Boston. That's going to be a huge series. Well, they got a couple of series against Boston between now and yeah, the end of the year, at, don't they? They're they're in Boston in the final uh, three games at Fenway Park at the end of September, beginning of October. But, you know, the Jays this year have not gone on a losing streak and have not really gone on a long winning streak. They're Either or. They haven't done that. And you might be right. They may go on a losing streak, but they have a winning streak in them too. So you never know. Well, we better hope we get the winning streak and yeah. not the losing streak because we're, we're down to the short strokes here in terms of the season. But those dome stadiums, I keep telling you, Wally. I mean, Tampa Bay is in a dome, right? And they just don't play well. With the roof closed. Well, you're still you're still holding to that theory, Naz. Okay, yeah. so we we they're, better they're we like better send twenty games over five hundred. We, we better send the, we better send the the Naz analytics report down to Shapiro and tell him keep that keep that dome open, okay. keep it open, even if it snows. Keep it keep open. Keep it open. Keep it open. Yeah. Um, 
What What do you see as the keys for the Jays? What well, they got a hit. Where, where they, where, I mean, I mean, they've got a hit, and they've been inconsistent. They've hit at times, and they haven't. Last year was all, every game; they were just scoring seven, eight runs. This year, you know, they they get into a, a groove, and then they lose it, and it comes back. Where Boston right now is hitting the ball, they're beating. They beat Oakland like I think the combined run scored was like twenty seven in the two games with Oakland. And Boston's really hitting the ball well. And what do we do with what do you, what do we do with the staff between now and uh, playoffs? Who's uh, we stick to the five men? Well, Dickie won't be in the if they do make the playoffs. In the playoffs, won't, but from now playoffs. now till the end of the season, uh, oh, you have to stick with the five man rotation. And Sanchez should be part of that five five man rotation. Now, Liriano not, was, not came t- out of the pen the other night and didn't didn't look very good, but. He's the guy that go that goes to the pen, and they, that's the five man rotation with Dickey in it. So you put Sanchez back in the starting rotation. Yeah, with Dickey as it was during yep. the season, and then and move Mariano to the bullpen. And come playoff time, you drop Dickey. You drop Dickey. You drop Dickey totally, and you uh, go with the, the guys that got you there. And uh, the uh, the bullpen, how's it shaping up? The bullpen is. What, what, is what have pay, you seen the in the last two done three weeks? Very well. The bullpen hasn't been the problem, and the starting pitching hasn't been the problem. It's the inconsistent hitting for the Jays that's the problem. I mean, their stats are there, like individual stats, but they're not scoring like they did last year. And you know, but we do said you find, that we you said, know, I mean, we find we, we, you can make the argument inconsistent hitting, okay? But they are if they're not the top hitting team in Major League Baseball. They've got to be top three or four. Yeah, they're I'd in the say. top. Okay. I don't know. So every, no. I don't think they're in the top three or four. I think they're around sixth or seventh. Okay. But they're still one of the really? best so hitting teams. They have to be one of the best hitting teams. And the, you know, you, you look at that. You look at that. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a manager on another team and having to go through that rotation, um, not the pitching rotation, but the batting rotation, and <laughs> you know, the, there aren't that many weak spots in that batting order. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't it? Isn't the problem is when the Jays don't hit, the pitchers don't win them the games. Like sometimes no. you just sometimes you just you know when it gets down to September, especially your pitchers got to start. You got to start winning the two one three two games. They haven't you, been able to win the two okay? one three two you gotta, games all you year. You got to win those games. They haven't been able in to do baseball. That. You can't keep. Pretending or expecting that you're going to win games eight to three, seven to two, ten to five. You want to be a successful team. You somehow you've got to figure out how to win those three two, two one games. And doesn't that always come they, back? They to haven't the done that though. They haven't won the three two and two. And ultimately, games very that's much. The, yeah. And that that is true, right? And and you know you always go back to the guy that could stop a losing streak or come up with a pitching performance like a 2-1 game or one nothing. Well, in game. September last year that was Stroman, wasn't it? Yeah, Price. I mean every time Price they threw the him guy. out and Price, Price, too. Price was the guy. They don't really their their pitchers have pitched well, but they don't really have that guy that's a stopper. Anyways, we've got to go to break and as soon as we come back from break, we will be talking to the voice of the Buffalo Bills, John Murphy. Hi, I'm Naz. And I'm Wally. Join us for the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Sports Radio for Zoomers. Meaning we say the name Mahavlich, and you don't say who, you ask which one. Call in to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. 
Tonight, try something different. Order Arancini, authentic rice balls made from 100% Italian Arborio rice with saffron. Call Pizzaville 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. Hi, I'm Naz. And I'm Wally. Of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. The one great thing about the sports legends of yesteryear, they speak their mind. And they share it with us. Listen in Sunday morning, 9 a.m. for some real sports talk. Right here on Zoomer Radio. No scripts, no filters, just straight from the heart conversation. Tonight, try something different. Order a thin crust chicken pesto or Asiago chicken. Medium's only $12.99. Call Pizzaville 736-3636 or visit Pizzaville. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Just before we go to John Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills, I do want to mention the middle of the hour, we'll be talking to the Vice President of Hockey Operations for the Los Angeles Kings, Mike Fuda. Mike Fuda will be with us at the middle of the hour. We're now pleased to join, have join us or re, uh, return to the Nazawali Sports Hour, John Murphy. John, of course, the voice of the Buffalo Bills. He's found at One Bills Drive, and he's the host of the John Murphy Show on WGR 550, now noon to 3 p.m. on weekdays on 550 a.m. in Buffalo. John, welcome back. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? I'm great. Well, John, hope springs eternal. And uh, we're about to embark upon another uh, NFL season and uh, give us a brief assessment of what we can expect from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Of course, they start the season next Sunday against the Ravens. Tell us a little bit about uh, what we're going to see that might be a little bit different from the Buffalo Bills this season. Well, I think uh, the one thing that they need to make sure is different is they need to play better defense than they did a year ago. The Buffalo defense was finished last year ranked 19th in the league and um, that came off a year in which they were um, fourth of the league. They need to uh, get back to where they were. And, and I think uh, what they've done is recommit to Rex Ryan's defensive principles. They've added a couple of players, but mostly it's the same cast of characters with uh, kind of a new uh, approach, a, a total buy-in on the part of the players on defense. And I think that uh, I know Rex believes that that's going to make a big difference. And um, we'll see. I think, you know, there was evidence of that in preseason with a couple of really strong uh, performances in preseason, um, but we'll see. And, and you know, the, the regular season is a lot different than preseason, so that would be the number one change. They have Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback, for the second straight year as a starter. Uh, he's comes in armed with a new contract and kind of new confidence. And instead of spending the uh, preseason trying to win the job, Tyrod came into camp with the job, and I think sort of uh, took it and ran with it. I think he's shown signs that he is ready to go to go to the next level as a NFL quarterback. John, superstardom is uh, there's two guys that are uh, getting to that point, and then one is Jerry Hughes and the other Sammy Watkins. What do you expect from those two this year? I expect a bounce back here from Jerry Hughes, who finished with five sacks last year, and he was a double digit sack guy uh, previously. And I think um, he, he's one who will benefit, I think, from a new commitment uh, on the part of the defense. He's, uh, you know, it's a it's a three four approach. They're they're not trying to incorporate elements of. Uh, of um, the defense that they had before. So I think Jerry Hughes coming off the edge uh, will uh, kind of bounce back. He, again, in preseason games, for whatever that's worth, he showed signs that um, he is, is back to where he was and, and ready to you know, become the uh, feared pass rusher that he, he was on the Buffalo defense for a couple of years. Um, 
and, and sorry, the other the Sammy Watkins. Watkins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sammy needs to be healthy, and he's gone through a preseason where he didn't get a lot of playing time. He had foot surgery way back in the uh, early summer, and they really took it easy on him in preseason and training camp, and didn't didn't push too hard. But I think starting next Sunday, a week from now, uh, they will push him hard, and he will be the focal point of their passing offense. There was a surprise cut in Manny Lawson. Uh, why did he get uh, let go? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised, but I think it was a combination of a couple of things. Number one was um, uh, money, and money's always a factor, you know, and, and Manny was the guy who was, um, was going to make a lot of money this year. And number two was performance. Manny came to camp with a uh, uh, an injury. Uh, he suffered a pectoral muscle, a slight tear. Uh, in his own workouts before training camp, and he wasn't able to practice for the first several weeks. And when he played, you know, I think he played with um, um, almost one arm a, uh, on a couple of occasions, and I think the coaching staff, uh, they played him a long time in the final preseason game Thursday night in Detroit. I think that was an assessment to see, you know, what do we have here? How is that uh, pectoral muscle injury? How effective can he can be? Uh, clearly, he failed that test, and that combined with the the salary he was scheduled to make, uh, I think, made him expendable. It's too bad he's a good guy who uh, who was a pretty good player here for a couple of years. Well, we're talking to John Murphy, of course. John, the voice of the Buffalo Bills from One Bills Drive. John, uh, uh, fortunately, I, uh, I managed to avoid watching that preseason game the other night. I, I heard it was just in a horrendous display, but it was an advertisement for how preseason football needs to change in, uh, in the NFL. Uh, uh, it was just horrible. Um, any reaction? Yeah, it was. I mean, I saw it. I, I saw a lot of that over this past weekend, uh, this past Thursday night, rather, with the preseason games. And I think the league has a has a problem that they should address. Even the commissioner has admitted that uh, they're tarnishing their own brand, damaging their own brand with uh, the level of play in preseason, especially these uh, last few preseason games. Um, you know, Rex Ryan sat 27 people, but no starters and. Uh, very many important reserves did not play at all in Detroit. The Lions did a uh, similar thing, and most teams do, just to, to avoid injury, you know, 10 days before the regular season opens. So it makes for a, a virtually unwatchable game, and um, I, it's a good uh, proving ground, I guess, for the players trying to make the roster, but I happen to think there are better ways to do that, maybe even like a rookie game or a game involving rookies and first- and second-year players and, you know, maybe some exemptions for, for veterans if, that you want to get a look at, but... Um, it, it just is not a. It's not a good look for the league. That you know, in a league which prides itself on competitiveness and, and high television ratings and compelling uh, TV shows, those preseason games uh, played last Thursday are anything but. And I think uh, eventually the league is going to have to start to do something about it. The injury bug has appeared again in the preseason. We're losing a lot of high quality players in the NFL. Uh, are they playing too many preseason games? Well. Yeah, I think they are. As I just said, I, I think you'll find that some of the injuries are, are practice injuries also, not just game injuries. And, and um, you know, I don't know what the answer is to that. I was talking to um, actually some, some uh, NFL doctors over this past few weeks. Um, you know, I'm, clearly we're dealing with uh, players who are uh, um, in tremendous shape, who, who train and, and uh, practice and work hard 12 months a year as opposed to the old days when maybe it was a six- or seven-month proposition. So we're dealing with guys who are, uh, you know, perpetually working out and training, and I think that has something to do with it. Um, it I think it's a lot of it is just the, the load that's put on muscles and tendons and and uh, ligaments from uh, guys who are in, in tremendous shape and moving at great speeds. And you know, I, I'm not qualified enough to talk about how to fix that or what to do about that, but 
Um, I, I think it has a lot more to do with the, uh, you know, the um, the fact that they they train so hard for so long all year long, as opposed to, uh, you know, just kind of taking it easy for several months during the year as it used to be. We're talking to John John Murphy, of course, of the voice of the Buffalo Bills, and you can find him on WGR Radio 550, noon to 3 p.m. on weekdays. Uh, John, uh, last year Rex Ryan came in with a lot of fanfare, and uh, things didn't work out as everybody would have expected uh, for a lot of various reasons. Um, uh, are you seeing a different Rex Ryan this year, both in terms of persona or in terms of what you're seeing out on the field in terms of uh, defensive patterns or offensive patterns? Uh, any difference in Rex Ryan this year? Well, persona, no. I mean, he, <laughs> this, to me, that's one of the great things about Rex. He is who he is. He doesn't kind of disguise who he is. He's, he's very confident in what he's doing. He's uh, he's very fun to be around. I think the players respond to that. Um, there may be a little less uh, bragging on Rex's part this year than there was a year ago, but um, I, I sense he's got like a chip on his shoulder. Like, yeah, he acknowledges they didn't they didn't perform last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which is his baby. I think he acknowledges that and is is determined to fix that this year. And you brought in his brother Rob to be an assistant coach on the defensive side of the ball. Brought in a former player, uh, the great uh, former player Ed Reed, to be an assistant defensive backs coach. I think if anything, Rex has kind of recommitted to his style of defense and doubled down on his defensive philosophy and. I'm really intrigued to see how that might work. Um, and as I mentioned before, it, it, he hasn't. Uh, the offense is in the really capable hands of Greg Roman, and I think Rex has extreme confidence in Greg Roman, especially when you look at how productive they were offensively last year. You know, number one rushing attack in the league, and they uh, developed a quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, uh, to the point where he's a, a pretty good NFL starter right now. And I think on the defensive side, as I mentioned, he's uh, doubled down on his his style, his philosophy, and you know, essentially going for broke, like, hey, I'm going to go with what I know, and this is uh, how I, I coach defense, and this is how we're going to play, and, and try to get everybody to buy in. Steve Tasker was quoted as saying that E.J. Manuel would fetch two first-round picks for him in a trade right now, especially with the NFL quarterbacks going down like they are. What's your feeling on that? Uh I like Steve. I think he is exaggerating greatly. I mean, Stan Bradford uh, went yesterday, and he, he's more, uh, slightly more accomplished than EJ Manuel anyway. And uh, they didn't trade two first round picks for for Stan Bradford. So, uh, you know, I think EJ clearly is ahead of where he was a year ago. I think he's a good backup quarterback for this team. He probably um, will, you know, he'll probably want to test the free agent market when his contract's up at the end of this year and see if he can be a starter somewhere. But I mean, I look at it this way. If you line up the 32 backup quarterbacks in the NFL, the second-team quarterbacks in the NFL, I'd put E.J. in the top, uh, you know, 14, the top, uh, you know, maybe the top half, maybe even the top 10, um, because there just aren't a whole lot of good quarterbacks right now in the league uh, and not enough to populate, you know, second-team rosters. And I think E.J. has demonstrated that he can he can handle that job, and he's a capable backup to uh, Tyrod Taylor. He had a good preseason. But uh, I don't know if anyone can give up two first-round picks for him. John Murphy, could just a couple more minutes, John, and uh, talking about the NFL brand. And uh, uh, it seems like uh, every time we're trying to talk about NFL football, there's always something else that uh, that grabs the headlines, whether it's inflated footballs or domestic abuse or whatever. Uh, NFL uh, tends to garner headlines always in, in some different ways. And, of course, the story that we hope goes away this week is the Colin Kaepernick story. 
Uh, but uh, I doubt very much it's going to go away be- based on what's going on in the United States these days. Um, how is the reaction in Buffalo to that? Is there any reaction at all, any, any discussion at all amongst the players? Uh, I know Rex was quoted on it a bit. Uh, uh, any sense at all from the players one way or the other how they feel about that? And uh, if you have any, any personal opinion you want to share. Well, I mean, I think people are aware of what Colin Kaepernick did. And I think for the most part, the players that talked about it, not a whole lot in, in the Bills locker room, said, you know, his, Kaepernick has the right to express his views. And he feels strongly about it. So, you know, go ahead and do it. I, I, don't, I thought it was interesting this past weekend that there really weren't any other, uh, and it wasn't a movement. You know, there weren't other players who... Uh, uh, followed Colin Kaepernick's lead. I think one of his teammates in San Francisco did, but uh, it wasn't like a, 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 a wide, uh, widespread movement among NFL players, which I think was telling. You know, I think it's sort of a freedom of expression thing. And and part of what, um, I mean, as far as my personal take, part of what we celebrate as Americans is the ability to uh, express yourself freely and, and free speech. And that's what Colin Kaepernick is exercising. And although... I don't agree with his stance. Um, you know, he has the right to do that in, in any peaceful way that he sees uh, fit to do with it. So, uh, so be it. I, 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 have, I happen to think it will die down. You know, I think based on this past week's preseason games and, as I said, no uh, groundswell of, of uh, player uh, support you know, other than verbal, I, I think it will probably will die down eventually and, and probably sooner rather than later once they start playing games for real. John, the uh... – National Hockey League is going into Las Vegas with a franchise there. And there's talk about uh, the NFL going there. What's your feeling on going to Vegas for a, with another with a franchise? Well, I think, you know, the Raiders are the likely candidate. And um, they've made overtures. And, uh, you know, Bills make a visit to Oakland to play the Raiders later this year. And, and that place is a, is, a, is a drastically substandard NFL venue. And, you know, I think some sometime uh, soon there'll be a discussion as to whether that market, the Bay Area, can support two NFL teams. I know they do pretty well attendance-wise, but um, I think the Raiders are the likely candidate. I don't, you know, I think with the advent of uh, casinos and and gambling at at racetracks and uh, you know slot machines all over the country, not just in Las Vegas. I don't think Las Vegas has a stigma anymore of uh, Sin City. I think it's just another American city where gambling, you know, legalized gambling was mourned, but so I don't think that'll be an issue. I don't, I think those are kind of phony issues to, to work through as far as uh, Las Vegas. I think there's a stadium issue that they're going to have to fix in Las Vegas, you know, where to play, but it certainly is a population that, uh, a big enough population to support an NFL team. So um, I, I think uh, there's a pretty good chance the Raiders might be there in the next uh, three years or so. Uh, uh, John Murphy, one last question, John. Uh, is anybody in Buffalo or Western New York uh, talking about the World Cup of Hockey? Is it even on your radar screen? You know, I can, it's not on my radar, but I know there are there's some great hockey fans here. Um, I, I confess, I don't follow it that closely. I follow the Sabres uh, when they get playing a little bit, but um, and I know there are some great hockey fans here who follow that pretty close. Anyways, when is it? Is it coming up? It's coming September 17th. It's in Toronto okay. exclusively. Um, in Toronto, okay. It's That's in Toronto. Point. It's starting September 17th. The U.S., uh, just so you're aware, probably I would, uh, don't take this the wrong way, probably is 
has a weak team because probably uh-huh. most of your a lot of your really good players are playing on 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 the under twenty three team North America rather than playing on the u s team it's uh, it's a con- it's a controversial topic and uh, uh, it might uh, it might register on the radar screen in in the in the next couple of weeks but it's going to be in Toronto yeah, you know, keep an eye out for it John I will yeah you put it on my you know I get so once I go to training camp live. <laughs> I get so locked into the. I don't even know, you know, what's going on anywhere other than the Bills. I, I will be honest um, with you, John. Uh, it's not on a lot of our radar screens in 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 Canada either. Uh, just yet, it's it's a controversial uh, tournament been, been structured in a certain way, so uh, it, it it isn't really at the top of our agenda just yet. But it's going to be coming up fairly shortly. And they go to training camp. All the teams are starting training camp today. Yeah. All right, I'll look for the World Cup. Okay. <laughs> and, we'll, and we promise you, we'll be keeping an our we'll be keeping our eye out on the Bills, and uh, hopefully, it'll be a successful season. And we hope we can chat with you uh, as the season progresses. Sure, I'd love to. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Thanks so much, John. John. That, of course, was uh, John Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's that many drastic changes on the Bills so far. Um, last year, I think injuries uh, hurt them to a certain extent, and um, uh, we hope that uh, this year they'll have a, a, a more successful season. Anyways, we're going to be going to break in, in in about a minute. I just want to, before we go to break, and after break we'll be coming back with Mike Fuda. I uh, just want to go back to this whole uh, Colin uh, Colin Kaepernick thing, Naz, and uh, it's been a big it's been a big story. And I, I tend to agree with uh, John. Uh, I don't have a I don't have a problem. Um, that's what you know. That's what freedom of expression is. I mean, you have a right to sit. Does that disrespect veterans? Does that disrespect the flag? Does that disrespect um, what, uh, the anthem? Uh, I'm not so sure. I just think that's somebody exercising their democratic right, perhaps in the wrong way, uh, perhaps at the wrong time. Um, uh, if, I was, if I was to be critical of, of Colin Kaepernick, I, I have no problems with him uh, raising political issues because when you think about it, the two things that Mi- the, the thing that Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods were constantly criticized for is they never took a stand on anything. Uh, they were constantly given the platforms that they had, given how important they were and the audience they had, they could have been a force for for social change in the United States and brought certain issues. Uh, to the forefront, and of course the racial issue and police. Uh, uh, I, I'm a big supporter of police, but there are instances where policemen do deserve to be criticized if they act outside the law. But there are issues there that, as a society, we need to discuss. And Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan were always criticized because they never took a stand, because they were always thought to be good corporate guys, and they didn't want to impair their endorsement deals or whatever. I think Michael Jordan has sort of changed a little bit over the years and, you know, give him a little bit of credit for that. But Colin Kaepernick, whether he's the right guy to put this message out, I don't know. Um, But he's putting the message out. And as somebody mentioned to me last night, people are talking about it. And people are talking about certain things that are wrong. And I don't agree with the way he did it, uh, but I will fight to, to acknowledge that he had the right to do it. Yeah, absolutely. They had the right to do it. And kneeing down is probably the 
not a bad way to do I it. Thought that, I thought that was appropriate. I thought kneeling was much more, um, to a certain extent, much more respectful than sitting. Um, I think he. I think he's he's trying to he's trying to send a message, and 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 people should listen. They yeah. should. He's not starting as the quarterback in yeah. San Francisco yeah. in the home opener. So yeah. I don't know. But if that you has can, anything no, I don't to think do it's. You know what? But. Colin Kaepernick has been such a risk reward quarterback, and he. You know, quite frankly, he hasn't been the quarterback he was a couple of years ago. Uh, I just think that's got nothing to do with anything other than a football decision. I think. I think at the end of the day, a football coach. Uh, is fighting for his job every day of the year. And a football coach knows that he's uh, one or two or three or four bad games away from being fired. He doesn't care. He's going to put out he's going to put out on the field whoever is going to help him win football games. And I don't believe in any other way, shape, or form, a football coach is going to make any other decision based on somebody's political views. No question. Because he's got his job on the line. And if Colin Kaepernick is a better choice to win you a football game, then he starts. Bottom line. Anyways, we've got to go to break. And we'll be right back after the break with Mike Fuda, the director of player personnel for the Los Angeles Kings. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Pepperoni Party Pizza Special. Get 24 slices for just $24. Can you eat it all in just 24 hours? 24 square slices smothered in pepperoni. You've also got to deal with six bottles of Pepsi. 24 plus six Pepsi for 24. Can you finish it? Go to pizzaville.ca for details. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. 
They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on this Labor Day weekend. And we're pleased to welcome to the show Michael Fuda. Michael is, of course, the Vice President of Hockey Operations and the Director of Player Personnel for the Los Angeles Kings and one of the uh, one of the chief architects of putting together one of the NHL's most successful franchises in the last 10 years. But uh, we're going to talk to Michael first off about something different, something that's important uh, to him and to all of us, and it's Cancer Awareness Month. And Michael Fuda has been involved in a project, the Amazing Grace Project. Michael, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? I know it's very early from where you are, Michael. Uh, it's uh, it's a little bit earlier where you are than when we are, and we thank you so much for uh, getting up early to talk about something that we know is incredibly important to you, and we want to share that story with our listeners this morning. That is, of course, the story of Amazing Grace, um, a young girl, an incredibly courageous young girl. But, Mike, uh, I'll let you put it out in your words. Tell us the Amazing Grace story and tell us... Uh, what it means and uh, how we can help out. Well, I appreciate it very much. First off, I, there's certain things that are worth waking up for. Uh, but uh, it, I don't think I could do into one segment, but I'll try and give you a cold note for the Amazing Grace story. I, I uh, was playing the least in Toronto, coming down from uh, the elevator, other beautiful little girls. Uh, she was sitting in a wheelchair in her was quite noticeable. She football had mild it pretty much. Michael, Michael, I'm going to have to interrupt you. Our, our connection at this end, we're, we're having problems. Your phone is cutting in and out. Um, you, you want to try it again? And if not, we may have to call you back. Just uh, try again, Michael, and then uh, we'll see how it goes. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear go, you now. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. I was just saying that, uh, sorry, you're sitting in a wheelchair, absolutely incredible smile and her the thing that we noticed is her uh, foot was on upside down she had lost her leg went over and met her at the family I found out she was there with Justin Williams as a guest of Justin Williams and uh, heard the story from the, met Mackenzie her sister Greg and Andrew her parents and she simply just captured her. Michael, you know what? This is such an important story. Uh, we're having difficulty. Your phone is cutting out in and out just a bit. And I really want our listeners just to, uh, this is such a poignant, important story. We're going to let you go for just a second. We're going to get our producer to call you back. And we, we want to okay. see if we can reestablish that connection. It's just too important okay, to try and do it this Thanks, way. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Michael. That of course is Michael Fuda, and I know Naz. You know, you, and I don't want to take away from Michael uh, Michael's thunder, but uh, it, uh, it's a story of Grace and uh, how uh, a young girl. Um, and uh, Michael was just about to tell us that story, and uh, uh, and he's uh, he's involved involved in a charity, from what I understand. Yeah, he's uh, he's heavily involved in this charity, and it means a lot to him. It means it means a lot to everybody. Cancer is. Uh is a tough, tough disease, and uh, he uh, he is uh, 
definitely been uh, he's given like 900 percent on this uh, this uh, charity. Well, hopefully we'll have Michael Fuda back on the line. I know our producer's trying to trying to reconnect. We're having problems with the cell signal, and uh, we certainly want to have that discussion. Uh, Sebastian, have we got Michael Fuda on the line? Michael Fuda on the line? Michael, are you there? I'm here, but they're telling me there's still an issue with phone. Yeah. Um, you don't have access to a, a, a home line by any chance, do you? No, I do not. Okay, let's uh, let's let's give it a shot. Uh, you were you um, you tried. Uh, obviously, you ran. You something happened. Uh, go back to that story when you first saw Grace. And if you give cuts out, let's you know. Yeah. I keep. I'm here myself. I do hit there too. So. Okay. Um, yeah, let's just, let's try this again. Go ahead, Michael. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. No, it just said meeting the family. She went to the hockey game that night, and she was somebody that I knew had made an impact on myself, having three little daughters uh, and going through divorce and kind of feeling bad about stuff like that and feeling real tragic and like, and uh, ended up just falling in love with the girl, falling in love with the family, and feeling as long as I was in my position, I was do as much possible to make her time remaining special. And uh, Just Williams told me this story explained everything about me kind of made a goal of ours to get Grace down to uh, Los Angeles to uh, drop the puck at the Staples Center while she was still with us. Spent some quality time with the family and then Grace and the family fortunately got down in February and worked out very well. She ended up dropping the puck. It was even extra special for me because Mark Verdana was the other captain. Justin Williams acted as our captain for the meeting. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. Grace walked out, gave her a little princess wave to the crowd, and just brought everybody to tears, but their hearts just understood what an incredible girl she was. Uh, she was my guardian angel. She's passed away a month later. Uh, Justin had spoken to me about going to the uh, funeral and speaking on his behalf. I did with incredible pride. Uh, we call, I called them the, the Grace the Church there. She had a little guardian angel on in her casket that I had given her as a gift. Just completely, completely just reminded me about how horrible this disease is, but what a special, wonderful little girl this was, how she was going to continue to impact the world. And her family has basically taken on this disease. I know Haley Wickenheiser was involved, Ryan Reynolds, Justin Williams continues as well. And she just continues to touch lives. She's now got a cookbook out called Mix It Up with Grace. And people have been asked to contact her mom, and I've got the website. It gets $20, and it's just the, the drop in the can with this girl, the impact that she had. And again, she was a hockey fan. She was a nine-year-old girl who, who was taken on far too early. Uh, my daughters, we were up at the Brothel Marietta last week. They saw my picture, my screen favorite Grace. They, they talked about her still saying how much they wish they had met her and how close they would be as friends. But she's just, and it's just not us, my family, or about me. Every person that ever came across this angel, she just touched her lives. And it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful story, a horrible ending. But uh, as long as I'm in the position I'm in, 
and in any position to help the Bowen family, Amazing Grace. I'll continue to uh, tell a story, uh, try and raise funds to kill cancer. Michael, can you tell me a bit about the book and where we can get the uh, book? We'll post the link on uh, the Zoomer we- website uh, this week for you. But uh, where where well, where can that? It's through get? it's through Andrea Bowen, the mother. Uh, it, the, she called me and said, "Is there anybody you want?" I reached out to Eric Lindros, fired some re- recipes, and <laughs> it'd be, it's just a she loved to cook, so it's another creative way of a bunch of recipes that friends and family have, have put in to help raise money. Her mom, the website, her mom's email address, and she's fine with me giving it out. She should be done directly through her. A Bowen at Belnet dot net, and that's A B O W E N. Or you can go to Facebook dot com. Power never quits. Facebook dot com slash Power Never Quits, which is a, which is a uh, website that wonderful pictures of Grace when she was the star little hockey player, when she had <laughs> two legs and just loved the game, and tons of pictures of her her flight. And uh, wonderful pictures of her family with Craig and Andrea and Mackenzie, who's just a wonderful young lady as well. We're talking to Mike Fuda. Mike Fuda, uh, Vice President of Hockey Operations and Director of Player Personnel for the LA Kings. And uh, Mike uh, graciously uh, got up early this morning in California to come and talk to us about the Amazing Grace story. And uh, I, Michael, uh, I can tell, uh, I can just sense the emotion um, just talking to you. Um, and um and I look across here and I see I know Naz uh Naz was uh, uh I was chatting about it with Naz earlier uh and he was he's uh, you you got him, we, we, he was a little bit choked up as well and I can tell that you're choked up and obviously Grace was uh an incredible incredible young uh young girl and uh left uh, left an indelible um memory with a lot of different people and I know you've got uh, I know you've got three uh, three beautiful young girls, and um, and I guess uh, I guess the moral of the story is that you know when when you look at your girls, you must feel incredibly blessed. Uh, and uh, the grace uh, meeting grace has wanted you, uh, from what I can sense, uh, to uh, help uh, see whatever you could do to uh, deliver those blessings to other people, and certainly. Uh, the Grace story is certainly an incredible story. It really is, and uh, and I highly encourage our listeners to uh, to uh, follow up. You can check it out and uh, assist in whatever way they can. And uh, once again, Mike, uh, how can they help? Well, again, I said, and for me, I, I really those are wonderful words. You're so correct, but it's uh, this is my. I think the one thing that hit me too is this is the girl that touched my life. There's there's hundreds of these cases out there, and it's, it's something that it's one thing to talk about and say, you know what, that's sad, and that makes me, it's another. You got to react to it, and that's why in any way or form, like all this stuff that goes great, goes great to the hospital for sick kids, and it goes in her case, it goes on Grace Bowen, and uh, there's just numerous ways you can help. But I guess again, in this case, it'd be under Facebook.com slash power never quits or email Andrea directly at a Bowen at Belnet L Bell at Bell dot I'll give you guys the information after and you can post it and I once again I know I love talking sports with you guys but 
when you called me and said we talked about Amazing Grace, it's a hell of a lot more to the sport of hockey. That's for sure, Mike. Thanks for sharing. Thanks very much for this morning. Michael, uh, Thanks, uh, I had a, I had a list of uh, other questions I was going to ask you about uh, about hockey in the World Cup, and suddenly they seem entirely inappropriate. So I'm not going to even go there. I'm just going to well, we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll make we'll make an agreement to chat. Yeah, yeah, we'll make an agreement to chat about another time. This is just not the right time to talk about uh, about uh, the LA Kings or other things. And we well, I'll leave it at this. Uh, thank you so much for being so gracious and coming on the air this morning at such an early time for you. I know I know how much, and obviously our listeners can sense from the emotion in your voice, how much this means to you. It is really an incredible story. It's the story of amazing of uh, of amazing grace. And uh, and thank you much. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and sharing your emotions with us, Michael. Well. Thanks again, gentlemen. Thanks for being patient with my phone, and uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, I'm it, sure it means a lot to the Bowen family. And again, can't thank Justin Williams enough for introducing me to this girl. Thanks again, Michael. Thanks, Mike. Have a great week. Thanks, gentlemen. Take care. That, of course, was uh, Mike Fuda uh, talking about a remarkable young woman that touched his life and uh, uh, obviously touched so many other lives. Um, and that was... Uh, Amazing Grace. Yeah. Great story. Anyways, uh, I was going to, uh, and, I, and it was certainly inappropriate to talk to Michael, yeah. given uh, given uh, the emotion he was expressing. I wanted to talk to him about a couple of things about the LA Kings, and certainly we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up with him at some point in time. And uh, wanted to chat with him about the World Cup of Hockey and, and his role in it. And uh, we've got a few minutes left on the show. You know, we, uh, we haven't taken calls for a while. If you want to give us a call, we'd be more than happy to take it. Uh, our phone numbers are 416-360-0740, 740 If you want to chat sports, once again, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Zero, and we'll chat whatever sports are on your mind. Naz, the World Cup of Hockey. A uh, couple of changes in the Canadian lineup. Jeff Carter was one. Jeff Carter um, got injured, and um, Corey Perry. Uh, him, yep. <laughs> shows you the amount of depth that Canada has. But uh, the one guy I want to catch up with, with, uh, with uh, Mike Fuda when we get the opportunity, is, uh, is a young, <laughs> not even a young man, but... Uh, uh, a defenseman in the Team Canada lineup, and every time I look at that lineup, I look at it and I'd say, where did he come from? The kid on the L.A. Kings blue line that plays with Drew Doughty, Muzin, Muzin, Muzin yeah. or as I call him, Muzin. Muzin, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely Muzin. Muzin. Yeah. Uh, where did he come from? Uh, I mean, he's had a, a fairly checkered career, and all of a sudden he's one of Canada's best defensemen. Yeah, he's a great defensive how'd, how'd, defenseman. Uh, I mean... This is where Mike Fuda and and is one of the great hockey minds. He just finds these guys, these Tanner Pearsons and these Tyler Toffolis and these Jake and these Alec Martinez and 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 Jake Muzin. Where does he find these guys? I mean, it's his scouting ability. I mean, he is a great scout. 
I mean, this an overage guy really didn't do much. I mean, last year in the in you know toiled away in the AHL, uh, sort of got lost in the shuffle. All of a sudden, he's one of Canada's best defensemen, and uh, and like, and I'm just I'm shaking my head. Well, you've you've seen him in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's a yeah, pretty, no, he's you a know, but you know, yeah, he had an interesting. I mean, he was not like one of these guys got drafted in the top five. But they never took any of the uh, like the Jordanos or the Latangs or PKs. Yeah, they you got a, you got a Jake, uh, you know, a Muzine in the lineup, and you're and you don't have a Jordano, you don't have a Chris Latang, you don't have a PK Subban. Uh, Bomeister wasn't even in, on the first go round. But you have you have a Muzine and, and like and you know well, it's too bad. Well, Michael beyond later. Oh, on. we'll get him. I, I definitely yeah, want to talk, talk about, about that. We should bring that question up yeah. to him because. But talking he about knows the him really well. World Cup of Hockey, we've got a few minutes left. We talked to John Murphy about it. Obviously, there's no buzz in uh, in the states uh, or Western New York about the World Cup of Hockey. It's it's starting to. I think the buzz will start today. Because they're going to camp, and there's you know there a couple exhibition games at the end of this week. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Team Canada is heading down to Columbus to play the U.S. team on Friday or Saturday, and then they're coming back to Ottawa to play the U.S. team, and all the other teams are heading into town. So the the media is obviously going to start hyping it up, but it's t- tough to put the World Cup of Hockey on the radar screen when the Jays are fighting for first place. Is that, uh, yeah, that that's part of it? But you know what? This doesn't have the international flair. Yeah, what happened? It's gone. Like you put a North American team under twenty three or under twenty four, whatever they're doing, and then you have a team Europe. It doesn't make it an international tournament like you're playing Germany and all those countries, right? Where it was when they had the like, Canada Cup. The best teams were there. The best yeah, I, I nations. Don't, yeah, I I don't understand. Um, and and I understand the marketing. Um, obviously, the you know the 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 big boys at the NHL who put this together, and the players. I mean, when when they put an event together, it's it's it's, it's almost a, a partnership between the uh, the NHL and the Players Association. I sort of get it from what they're trying to accomplish from a business perspective. Yeah, um, they're trying to market. The NHL players, essentially, that's what they're doing. Yeah, um, and they're trying to grow the marketing opportunities. Uh, and to do that, what they've done is they've done something unusual that they've never done in the past, effectively, which is uh, Team Europe. So they didn't want to put Slovakia in. They didn't. They you know they needed they needed eight teams. So they didn't want to put Slovakia in. They didn't want to put Denmark in. They didn't want to put Germany in. They didn't want to put the bottom feeders in, so let's come up with something new. So, you know, we got to figure out a way to get Zdeno Chara in this tournament and, and Marion Gabrick and, and probably Anzi Kopitar. How are we going to get these guys? Because those guys are huge NHL stars. We've got to figure out a way to get them, and i got a minute left. We've got to figure out a way to get them into this tournament because um, they're huge NHL draws. Kopitar's, uh, you know, world-class. You don't want them sitting at home. Um, so we'll create Team Europe. Yeah. Why not? Team Europe, let's put them together. And then, oh, what are we going to do with all these young superstars? We've got to grow the game. We've got, you know, we've got Connor McDavid. We've got Johnny Hockey. We've got Dylan Larkin. We've got Morgan Riley. We've got, name, the, name some of them, uh, Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews. Man, what a marketing opportunity. Let's stick them in the tournament. But Wally. the hockey gets lost in the shuffle. Wally, because the, at the end of the day, whoever wins the tournament, there's always going to be, well, if Canada doesn't win, I'm saying, well, 
well, Connor McDavid should have been on that team. I would have yeah. loved to have seen Connor McDavid. He deserves to be on Team Canada. Aaron Ekblad probably deserves to Team Canada. The U.S. team is going to be lousy because there's probably five or six players on the under-23 team that should be on the U.S. team. And look, look Am I at, wrong, Ness? No, no, you're not wrong. And look what happened to the Leith goalie. He's going in an Olympic qualifier, Anderson, and he gets hurt in an Olympic qualifier with Denmark, and he's scheduled to play yeah. in the World Cup. They're not going to—he's yeah. not going to play. But the reality is, and unfortunately, we got—I'll let you finish your thought, Ness. No, no, we're running out of time. That's yeah. okay. Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll leave it off at this. It's probably going to be tremendous hockey. Um, the talent level is exceptional. Just the the rooting and the you know what it comes down to at the end, we'll see what happens. Canada always supports Canada at the end of the day. I just want to tell our listeners, uh, it's Labor Day weekend. If you're out on the lakes or the rivers, please be safe. Don't drink. Slow down on the roads. Speed kills. Be careful. It's not worth it. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.